little Vince Garaldi there for you this morning. Good morning. Welcome to It's A Religion. The podcast that seeks to encourage, to edify, to build up. To show the way of truth. To speak to religion in all its forms. And to help those who don't know or haven't accepted the truth yet who haven't received the free gift of God salvation in Jesus Christ to give that away and to to help others receive it who haven't and to encourage others who have and to speak on the dictates of evolution and uh, other false religions to clarify the choice that's there this is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states and snowy states of America, and to the republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided, but liberty and justice for some. Some might argue there's more than two nations. I would say, eh, it's, it's usually one or the other. You're either trusting in God and his creation and the way this country was founded under that authority, or you're trying to make it into something else, something of your own volition something of your own will something of your own design and desire and ultimately the desire of i think the enemy the evil one the satan the one who works against the truth of god the one who tries to blind the eyes of men the one who tries to subvert the will of god and there's a spiritual battle going on i read about it in second thessalonians today and that um you know god is withholding the true evilness of the evil one and him being revealed I believe to allow for more people to accept the truth of God and to come into a fellowship with him and eventually spend eternity with him in the new world that he's going to give us to live on I think because it speaks very specifically uh, in the New Testament about a new heavens and a new earth one where God will dwell with us and uh, why he did it this way, I don't know. Why not just make something and have us dwell with him? Um, I think some of that has to do with the fact that uh, he wanted people who truly loved him. And, I, you know, we just got to wait and see. But, again, you have two choices in life, folks. You can either trust what the Bible tells you, trust that you are, you are a created being, one that is given worth through that, has given... Um, skills and abilities who's given an amazing structure to walk around in called your human body uh that we are one race a the human race i don't care what your skin color is or where you're from you're a human being and we need to start looking at it that way we need to start preaching that and telling people look stop pulling the race card there's no such thing as multiple races we're all humans we may have different cultural backgrounds we may have different desires we may have different things that interest us we may have different uh, traditions we may have different ways in which we look at certain things but in the end we are all human beings and that is what needs to be stressed we need to get away from stressing this stuff um, that causes division that the at least one political party loves to use and pit against people so with that in mind, uh, 
you know, when you look at biblical history, God separates people into people groups. There's no, you know, I mean, there is causation for that. There's reasoning around that. People groups become something. The Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites. But it's based on lineage. It's based on the lineage that you came through. It has nothing to do with being a different race. That is an anathema. It's something that, that people use to divide us, to divide people so that they can pit them against each other. Pit white against black, pit Chinese against Mexican. I don't know. You know, whatever uh, you want to call it. And it's it's very, very sad the way that they do it. And it's not necessary. God didn't call us to hate. He called us to peace and to be at peace with people. As much as we can be but that doesn't mean we walk away from the truth that doesn't mean we put truth aside to try and find peace it doesn't mean we uh, affirm sin to have peace with people we still have to speak truth and the word of god is truth it's the ultimate truth that we have unless god comes back and speaks something in addition to that um, it's what he gave us so we are going through the word of God here at some religion. We are reading through the Bible. We started in Genesis 1, where 1 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that is the starting point of all things. And if you don't have that as a foundation, I'm speaking to you, supposed uh, evolutionary theologists here that think somehow you can combine evolution and Christianity. It does not work. God created the beginning, and in that beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. He did not need millions of years to do anything. You look at the life of Jesus Christ. When he came, he instantly healed people. He instantly changed molecules around. And um, he is one that apparently uh, can do things that uh, the rest of us can't because we live within these laws that he created. We live within the laws of physics and the laws of gravity and uh, motion and things like that and inertia we can't just do anything we can't fly through the air unless we have wings and, and enough power to propulse us through the air um, you know there's just there's certain things that God put in place that we can't change but he as the maker and the sustainer of everything and the one who created these laws he is over and above them so, so we are actually through the book of Genesis and we are going to embark today on the book of Exodus, the book where, uh, as we left off, uh, Israel, formerly Jacob and his family, Jacob had died and subsequently, uh, Joseph had died, um, at the end of Genesis. And we're going to start looking at, uh, the Israelites in Egypt because they are now a people group that has come to Egypt from the land of Canaan and is uh, staying there as shepherds in the land of Goshen. The land of Goshen. I was thinking about that from the movie, uh, if you've never seen it, Charlton Heston, uh, the Ten Commandments movement or movie from way back in the day. I think it was from the 50s, something like that. Anyway, so we're going to read through Exodus chapter 1. These are the names of the sons of Israel, that is, Jacob, who moved to Egypt with their father 
each with his family. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, that's four, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, that's seven, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher, that's eleven. In all, Jacob had seventy descendants in Egypt, including Joseph, who was already there. So he doesn't list Manasseh and Naphtali here. Or no, Naphtali's there. Manasseh and, uh, I always forget Joseph's sons. Because those two were called half-tribes. And uh, Israel named them as his own sons. But there were 77s, including Joseph, who was already there. In time, Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who did not know anything about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, Look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us, and they will escape from the country. Now, typical political fashion, um, some guy who's a leader basically complaining about something about another people group that hasn't happened yet, but he claims will if we let it go the same way it is, thus creating fear in people and trying to uh, circumvent uh, this people group, when he has no idea if they would join his enemies or if they would join him. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy and made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields, and they were ruthless in all the demands. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave his order to the Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Puah. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders, and they allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. What have, why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave his order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, that you may let the girls live. So we hear about this awful law that Pharaoh gives. Obviously, he does not care about life. Um, does not have fear of God. Uh, he wants these Hebrew boys to die, because apparently, you know, if there's too many men, then they could take the Egyptians out at some point. But I like the that statement in verse 21 where it says, because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Family was everything back then, folks. I mean, when you had children, children were a blessing. They were counted as a blessing. The more children you had, the more blessed you were. And it really is a sad state or a state that certainly has turned against the will of God and the 
truth of God that the more children you have, the more blessed you are. In today's world, that's not the case. Or at least that's not the way people look at it. That doesn't mean it's not still true. People just don't look at it that way. And that's a sad thing. Just like motherhood is is not treated with the reverence and respect it should be so that mothers can stay home with their children and raise them and teach them and guide them along with making a home while a man is responsible to provide for that family. And we don't see that in today's world. Today's world, uh, Satan has pretty much gotten his way with our, this country over the last hundred plus years. You know, you go back to the early 1900s. I saw a, a picture on Gab last night that it was a picture of a beach and all these gals were fully clothed, wearing, had parasols and stuff, um, you know, to cover their uh, heads so they didn't get too much sun. And, uh, you know, you couldn't even see an ankle out in the open. And I just thought, what a beautiful picture. What a different life that would have been. And what a God-honoring society at that point. For the most part. I mean, again, I'm sure there was a lot of sin, a lot of things that happened that weren't right. But just the way society was put together at that point, um, there was a lot of God-honoring going on, even whether or not they wanted to or not. And I think that's a beautiful thing, where you fast-forward to today and you got men dressing as women dancing in front of children at libraries. I mean, how did it come this far? You can see the contrast. You can see the deprivation. You can see the lies of the, the evil one coming true in front of us. And again, not that it didn't happen back then, um, from time to time in different places, because people have always been evil inherently um, without God and without his spirit, and without his truth, and accepting the truth. But society had a different look to it back then. And uh, it saddens me to see where we are today. <clears throat> so, in that sense. But, be encouraged, nonetheless, because we hope in the one true God, in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who's coming back someday to be the brightest light you've ever seen against the darkness that's going to continue to get darker. So, that we can hang our hat on and be encouraged by. So, hey, I'm running a little bit long today, so I'm going to leave it <clears throat> with that. And uh, Lord God Almighty, thank you for this day. And thank you that I get to go on a date with my wife today. I'll see you all tomorrow. I praise you and thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.